With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 56 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always here by Jordan Renan, James Cratch. They cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media. Just a little less than a month until training camp opens. Kind of the weird dead period of July, but there always is something to talk about with the Giants and around the NFL so we'll kind of do a spring recap and look ahead to what this summer will be. And we also uh, have some news, some uh, a little bit of a change to the Giants uh, around NJ Advanced Media and obviously with this podcast, which we will talk about as well. Uh, Jordan, we'll start with you. We'll give you the floor. Welcome aboard. And uh, how you doing, bud? I'm doing all right, Joe. Unfortunately, though, uh, or maybe fortunately uh, for me, this is my last episode of Talk is Cheap. You know, I've been here since the beginning. We was you know, this is kind of my, my baby was, so, uh, but uh, I'll be, uh, this will be my last episode, so I'm, I'm leaving NJ Advanced Media, uh, I'll have more on my future coming up, but not right now, so in the meantime, my last day is Friday, July 1st, so uh, sad time, so yeah, not sad, but yet happy at the same time, so we'll, we'll see how it all pans out but in the meantime this is going to be my last time on here with you two which is the sad part of it because talk is cheap was a pretty cool project we did i I really enjoyed it yeah i have too end of an era certainly for the giants coverage here at nj advanced media and this podcast and um yeah i mean we obviously before james before you hopped on uh we had some different people covering the beat here so i mean this is the jordan and i i think i think you and i jordan have done every one of these podcasts that Fifth, all 56 of them. You and I have both nah, been a no, part Joe, of them. You definitely were out on a couple. Oh, that's right. I, uh, that's I was, right. You were away out. or something. Maybe maybe even had a kid. I did have a kid, right. No, is, I, I was is out that a what it was? I think yes. uh, maternity leave, I think you were on? I was on some family. That's right. Some family leave. <laughs> but um, I, that, I, The only reason I know is because it was the few episodes I had to host. Well, that's right. Yes. And I, yeah, I did so listen I, I to host. them. I did listen. Now I remember. I did listen to them during my. All right, now we now we know you're you're lying, Joe. No, no, I did. No, I did. Um, <laughs> but no, no, I remember now. But I guess this is everyone I've done here. You've been with me. I can't remember one, uh, Jordan, where you weren't part of it. But anyway, uh, so we'll have some fun here, and then we'll kind of towards the end we'll talk about maybe some of your favorite memories, Jordan. Um, of covering that beat, but James, uh, you're here. You'll be here. How you doing? Yep, buddy? you're stuck. I'm good. Everybody's stuck with me still, unfortunately. So I'm here. Well, we'll get by. We'll get by. We'll, get we'll, by. we'll have some fun. So let's 
And just to be clear, before we um, move on and start talking about the Giants a little bit, as we always do, the podcast isn't going anywhere. So if you are a fan of Talk is Cheap and you've downloaded it and you're with us every week or um, you listen to us uh, on the go, wherever you do, we'll still be doing these podcasts. Uh, we'll, you know, especially you guys, guys got to keep this going. Right, of course. It's going to go. Here. It will go. The project took off and Jordan, you were a big part of it. We will continue it uh, as you depart and uh, we'll have a lot coming for you, especially when training camp opens in the season. So don't worry about I've that. Seen the, I've seen the iTunes rankings. The people demand it. They demand it. They want it. Well, at least they download it. I'm not sure if they demand it, but they <laughs> download it, uh, which is good. So we'll, we'll still be around. But Tomato, listen, tomato, Joe. Tomato, tomato. Come exactly, on. Exactly. Exactly. It's, you know, it's just how you look at it. But let's get into the Giants a little bit and, and kind of where they're at and maybe kind of a recap of what this spring has been. Is now everyone kind of goes on their vacation for a couple weeks before, you know, the season. I mean, really, football ramps up at the end of July, and it goes, you know, hopefully for the Giants' sake, uh, until January, and, and, of course, I hope February. But it's, it's a long season. It starts in a couple weeks. This is that time where you kind of put the final touches on it but really look back. So, Jordan, when you think about this whole spring uh, with the Giants, you know, what's the kind of the word or what pops into your mind? I mean, obviously, they did a lot to improve this football team, and in a few weeks we'll see how, how well they did. Ben McAdoo, that's what pops into my mind. It's the Ben McAdoo era. The new era. Tom Coughlin is not around. There's some changes. There's a, it's a different feel around the team. They, they go about their business differently. Hopefully, you've seen some major changes in how they strengthen, condition, and train. And I think that is a, a huge focus as a, we're looking at the most injured team each of the last three years, which on its own merit is pretty ridiculous. I mean... Three years in a row, the most injured team in the league. It's hard to fathom that that's even possible. So, to me, you saw changes with the McAdoo era. That's what the spring was all about. Uh, and you know what? You look around at the Giants. They have some minor injuries, but every team does. But nothing major. You know, that, so that's a good thing. At this point last week, we're almost in July 4th, so let's count the JPP thing. At this point last week, they were without their number two. 1B wide receiver in Victor Cruz, right? He was still coming back. He still hadn't done anything, really. They were without JPP after he injured his hand. Will Beattie was out. So the team was already without three huge players. I mean, you're talking about your, your star defensive end, your starting left tackle, and your 1B receiver. So this year, not in that situation. Victor Cruz still hasn't practiced, but everything so far is actually positive with him, plus... At this point, after two years out, you can't, you don't have the same expectations for him. So, it, it, you have to have lesser expectations for him. Anything you get from him is a complete bonus. You hope he plays. You want him to play. You want him to come back. You want him to be even half of what he was before, and you'd be happy with that. But you can't count on anything at this point with him. So, but right now, I mean, that's the beauty of the spring. Usually, is every team is undefeated. And there's optimism and positivity. And I think we see that here early in the Ben McAdoo era. Yeah, I feel the same way. And James, so this will be your second year on the beat. I mean, and mm-hmm. how, would, how would you compare, and I know we'll probably get into it a little bit, but this is the anniversary weekend of JPP's accident, obviously. But how would you compare the feeling you have about the Giants now compared to one year ago when, when you first started and really you know, got running with this team and following them? You know, I, I started like I believe two weeks after JPP's accident. So basically right when training camp started and even on day one, a lot of people, the the vibe around the giants was this wasn't a very good team. 
This probably was going to be Tom's last year. They were going to have a real hard time making the playoffs, being competitive. Now, it's Jordan said it's all optimism. It's all good vibes. No one's seriously injured. You know, Sterling Shepard and Darian Thompson had great offseason programs, at least from what we saw when the media was allowed at practice. People think, you know, Shepard's going to be a star. Thompson could start at safety and finally fill a hole the Giants have, you know, really struggled with, you know. You, you see Vernon and JPP, you see all the other additions they've made. So it just feels like there's a lot of wind behind their sails. There's a lot of positive feelings that people think this can be a, a year they kind of turn around. I mean, I don't know if they will or they won't. We won't know that until September. But I think when training camp opens up in a couple of weeks, people are going to feel good about the season ahead, which I don't know was necessarily the case a year ago. Yeah, I think you feel more positive about the team. Like I, I think this is a better team than it was last year. And like you said, you mentioned some of the big names that they signed, you know, the, the Olivier Vernons, the, the Janaris Jenkins. I think that was sort of the deal last year of why everyone looked at the team. Like they went into the offseason and they tried to find 10 role players you know, that could fit in and contribute. And they needed difference makers. And everybody kind of knew it. And I, somebody asked me the other day the biggest mistake I thought that Jerry Reese has made in the past three or four years. And I said that because I thought last year they tried to just plug gaps with decent guys rather than get real difference makers. And this year you get the feeling that with Vernon, with Janaris Jenkins, with Damon Harrison, that they have some proven real players. It's not, you know, JT Thomas and Jonathan Casillas or, or you know, those kind of guys again. So... Uh, I think that gives you a much more positive feeling about this crew and more optimism for this year. How about big picture when we kind of look ahead to, to what this division is? I mean, I know things will change. Injuries will happen. I mean, last year, Tony Romo and, um, you know, th- things change all the time with injuries and how the division shapes up. But from my perspective, guys, I look at the NFC East and I just kind of shrug my shoulders like any of these teams, I think probably could win this thing. I, I don't know if there's an 11 win team in there. I'd probably guess there isn't, which means... You know, it's not crazy to take any team and say, yeah, they could go 10-6. and six. I mean, the Redskins did it last year. So how do you kind of stack up the Giants right now with, uh, with you know, with we know the things will change between now and opening day? James, where do you kind of slot them in? I mean, the Redskins won it last year. You were kind of, you know, on them from the middle of the season saying, this team's probably the best of this weird bunch. How about right now? I, I would put the Giants, I think the Redskins, I still think the Redskins are better on paper. I mean, who knows if they're going to duplicate that the season they had a year ago, and it wasn't a great season, but it was good enough. Um, I think the Giants are. I think they won five in a row to end the year. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. To, to, so, to get to get into that playoffs. You know, I, I mean, obviously, everybody keeps on saying Kirk Cousins has never beaten a winning team, so that's something that he'll have to end this year. But I would put the Giants hair below the Redskins. I think they're better than the Eagles, and I, I think it's Giants and the Cowboys in the middle. And I don't really know what to make of the Cowboys. I mean, on one hand. If Romo's healthy, they should be good. But on the other hand, they have a lot of roster issues as well, and they look like they might have a pass rush that rivals the Giants, at least on early going in the year with all the suspensions, to be completely you know, punchless. So the Cowboys are a mystery to me. I think the Giants are kind of there right in the middle. I would put the Redskins ahead of them, Eagles behind the pack. Yeah, Cowboys definitely have potential with that offense, uh, but that defense is a big question mark for them. So I'm also a little wishy-washy on the Cowboys. Uh, I'm not 
blown away by the Washington Redskins either. I don't think they're in the midst of building something. You know, like a lot of teams, they you could see them on the rise. You know, the Carolina Panthers have been doing it pretty much for three or four years. The Seattle Seahawks did it. You know, the steady climb. Okay, they're starting to build a team. They're, they're acquiring all this young talent. When you look at the Washington Redskins, they're not built like that. This isn't, you know, they still have Deshaun Jackson, a veteran, Pierre Garçon, a veteran. Uh, their defense isn't especially young or actually even that talented. I mean, when you look around, uh, maybe their secondary is better when they have Breland and Josh Norman playing together. But, you know, this isn't like a team that's been built up from the ground. I think no. that's on, on the, you know, ascent. So I, I think there's a lot of nine and seven, seven and nine possibilities between these teams. And it all usually depends on injuries and how the schedule plays out. So that's sort of how I view it. Any, the Eagles, I think, are, the wor- are probably the worst team in the division right now, uh, at least for this year, especially with their question mark at quarterback. So, you know, quarterback's the most important position, and they really, you don't know, what, what are you going to get from Sam Bradford? Where's Carson Wentz? How are they going to get him in there? So the, the Giants, Eagles, I mean, the Giants, Redskins, and Cowboys, I see in that nine and seven range, and the Eagles are, are drop below. So anybody's there's definitely there's not that twelve and four team. I don't see any of these teams going twelve and four and under pretty much any scenario. Yeah, I don't either. This doesn't seem like there's a great team at all in this division, and what's going to make these division games, you know, obviously that much more important as we as we go. Nobody's well rounded enough. I mean, there's no team that you look at and you say that that's a good offense. You know, that, that team has a lot of potential on both sides of the ball. I mean, there's just a lot of question marks on all those teams. There are. Speaking of offense, I wanted to ask you guys about this one. I think James, you wrote about it um, this past week, and and what Eli Manning said about the Giants and and their potential to score. Uh, about 28 points a game. And I thought you had some interesting nuggets in there about teams that actually reached that mark. I mean, the Giants weren't far off last year, a little over 26. So you think 28's not that big of a jump. And yeah, I think that number was distorted, though. I'll get to that in a bit. But I think yeah. it was distorted to 26, to be honest. Okay, and I, did, I think I saw some of your tweets, Jordan. I, I know where you're going with this. So, yeah, I definitely want to hear what you think about that. But last year, 26, a little over 26. Eli thinks they can get to 28. And what I found interesting before we talk about how they got to where they got last year is James, what you wrote about the teams that have actually reached that mark, I think, over the last five years. I mean, virtually, you're almost guaranteed to be a winning team, at least the teams that have done it, uh, and make the playoffs. It doesn't feel like that is the, a magic number in the NFL, but I guess, you know, the last five years, it has been. Uh, James, did you think that was interesting, too, when you, you kind of saw those numbers as you were writing your piece? Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, in the last five years, dating back to 2011, 18 teams have averaged 28 or more points a game. 17 finished with winning records, 16 made the playoffs. The one team that didn't make the playoffs was Chip Kelly's 2014 Eagles team that went 10-6, and six, I believe, and did not get in as a wild card. And that was a weird year because I think well, there were two 11-win teams that got the wild cards that year? I believe so. Yeah. And the one team with the, the Saints, like, I forget which year, but they went 7-9, and nine, but they averaged it. So you would assume that if there was a team that was going to have a losing record and score that many points, the Saints would kind of fit the bill. Um, And a lot of these teams, like when I say playoffs, I don't have the exact numbers on hand, but it wasn't a bunch of 10. A lot of these teams were going 12 and 4, 13 and 3, 14 and 2, 15 and 1. So you're right. It doesn't seem like a whole lot, but it seems to be a magic number. 
for whatever reason. So I, I, Jordan will talk about how it's a little distorted, and he makes some very good points. But if they hit that number, they have a very good chance, at least recent history tells us, to be back in the playoffs. That's a big number, though. And, uh, yeah. you know, th- this. It, look, I'm not. this is a pretty good offense. But they weren't a great scoring offense last year. Uh, they couldn't get – they were terrible in the red zone. A 29th in the league, they couldn't, and that's partially because they couldn't run the ball. So you put those two together, and the offense wasn't really good at putting up points on the board. They weren't great. I mean, I, I shouldn't say weren't good. They weren't great. They were pretty average at putting up points, uh, save for a few games. Uh, you know, the, the Saints game was, was definitely one uh, that they, you know, put up a lot of points. But they had trouble in the red zone, and – a lot of the points, especially early, think about that Cowboys game. Remember the Cowboys game early in the season? The free week one, I mean? The Giants mm-hmm. scored 26 points. But, I mean, if my, I, I'm not sure the exact details off the top of my head, but a lot of that was off turnovers. And the offense did very little of producing those 26 points. That, that happened a lot with this team. They produced, as bad as their defense was, and it obviously when your defense stinks, it limits the amount of possessions that you have. So more possessions, their defense should be improved. More possessions should help them. Turnovers are the biggest, you know, help to an offense. So the Giants scored 26 points. I believe Tremaine McBride either had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Is that what it was in the Cowboys game? I think so. Was that the yeah. game, uh, as we talk about the history of this podcast, was that the one, Jordan, you and I did from you were in an airport in Dallas? Yes, yes, that is correct. I the Giants had all the issues in the last two minutes of the game with the way they managed the clock. Yeah, after I talked to you, I actually talked to Rashad Jennings on the phone. I remember that. As, right, right as I was walking onto the plane. So about that's quite the a, whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That quite was, a morning right there. That was definitely quite a morning. Uh, no, but I, I think your point is well taken. I and mean, they, they put up points, but it was a weird way they did it. And uh, 28's a big number. I mean... I mean, you like. I, I would think uh, to me, they do have the firepower to get to that number a lot. They probably will get to that number, you know, quite a few times. But to average twenty-eight, like, I mean, even going back to the numbers you said, James. I mean, uh, that's five years. You said eighteen teams have done it, right? So that's that's a little over. We well, not well, how many a year? I mean, not. It's not like you know, three quarters of the league or even half the league or mm-hmm. a third of the league does that every year. That's a big number, even though it seems like they could do it. Yeah. No. I mean, and if. We talked about last year. I mean, it's this is not like a perfect thing, but they lost 10 games last year. If they had scored 28 points in six of those games, they would have won the game. Right, and Tom Coughlin would probably still be around. You know, and, you know, like, Jordan's right. You know, they had some, a lot of turnover, catalyzed scores and everything. But remember that Dallas game, if they score a touchdown there instead of Rashad not trying to score – and I'm sure we'll talk about that later on in the show. Um, they would have had they would have had 28 points. I, I think I think that's my math is right. So if they can convert those red zone opportunities this year, which is saying a lot, because they have to run the ball better. They could even with the turnover stuff built in, they could be a 28 points a game offense. But they got to prove it. Yeah, well, they're going to need they're going to need the defense to a play better, which we would assume. I'm going to assume that they will. They were 32nd in the league last year, uh, and b create those same turnovers. They created the fifth most turnovers in the league uh, up until I don't know, probably their bye week in week 11. 
I think they had produced more turnovers maybe than any other team in the league. Mm-hmm. So they're going to need that again. because and, and their special teams were good. They produced a couple touchdowns, and that was definitely helpful. And uh, I don't think they gave up any last year, which was definitely uh, – Special uh, teams? Yeah. Did they, they give up, gave a up the, late in the, year? the kickoff return to the Redskins in week three? Okay. And something else, I think. All right. So I guess that's a watch. But still, yeah, those yeah. are two. It's not, it's not that often. I mean, more than half the teams in the league did not score a special teams touchdown. So there's another 14 points that the special teams gave them uh, that they, they didn't have. They really haven't had much of that the last couple of years of any sort of special teams and return touchdowns. I think they had like five return touchdowns, three, four, five return touchdowns. So those are all direct impact on the scoring. Now, the other side, I mean, they have – their passing offense is solid. The other thing is if they're able to run the ball better, does, I know it'll, it might be able to produce some points when they're in the red zone, but it could also slow down the game. So it's, it's kind of, it's almost, is it, is it a trade-off there, or does one outweigh the other? Right, it's a good point. And then you brought up the defense having to play better. I, I almost think of it in, in a way like with basketball, like with pace. I mean, if their defense is playing better, they're giving up less points. Uh, they won't have to open up the passing. Maybe they can run it more because they have a lead. So you know, the 28 points per game thing, it stands out. And if they do that, they're probably going to have a winning record. But at the same time, like if their defense is much better, they're not going to need to score 28 points a game. You know, they could average 25, 26 like last year and be, be- a better team. So it's all right, in if you're context, up 24, right? If you're up 24-10, you're not going to sit there and, and you know, you throw the ball downfield all the time. Exactly. You're going to be – if you're actually in that situation, which they really weren't in that situation very often last year – uh, you know, they're, they're, every game seemed to be close. Uh, when, when you're actually ahead, then you slow the game down, you run the ball, and you, you're not trying to put up all these points on the board. So there's, there's a lot of factors that go into it. This is going to be a good offense, though. It should be a good offense. That, that, I think, is what we're all in agreement with, and it's why we're having this conversation in the first place. It should be, yeah. And I think it's going to be a fun one to watch, and, uh, and we're going to start doing it in a couple weeks in training camp. So... Uh, we kind of recapped the spring and looked ahead a little bit here. And I guess uh, to wrap up episode 56, uh, Jordan, this being your last episode of Talk is Cheap and uh, last couple of days with us, um, give us some some thoughts and uh, just kind of memories of being on the beat. How many years did you cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media? I joined in November of 2013. So I, by the, my first game, everyone, you know, they say, oh, they've been terrible since you came, which is true. Don't Don't get me wrong. But... It's not as if they weren't terrible before I came because when I joined, my first game, I wasn't really even working yet, but I went there just to sort of scout, you know, get a lay of the land, was the Minnesota Viking game with Josh Freeman. Oh, the Monday night game. The Monday night game. So they were 0-6 already at that point. So actually when I joined, right, they finished 7-9. and So they actually went 7-3. and that first year when I, after I joined, they were 0-6 before and 7-3 and after. So it can't, don't blame it all on me, Giants fans. It's not all my fault. They stunk on their own get to 0-6. But, yeah, that was, that was an interesting game. And then on the way home, this is one of my first memories, is I was living in Philly at the time, and I'm driving back, and they were doing uh, construction on the turnpike, so I was dead stopped at, like, 2 in the morning. It took me about four hours to get home. So good, good start to covering the Giants. But uh, Tom Coughlin is my main memory 
of just him being a complete curmudgeon for pretty much most of the three years and uh, give me a hard time at any opportunity he could. And my, my, my number one thing that I remember is uh, his line of questioning with, with Coughlin before a preseason game. I guess it was last year or two years. I, I guess it was last year. Last year, I think. With the John Jerry and uh, yeah, Jeff Schwartz. And, and Jeff Schwartz, we're, it was before a preseason game, and um, I think a know, Jacksonville game. I think probably that sounds about right. Because was Schwartz definitely, wasn't was on the trip to Cincinnati. Yeah, because so yeah. yeah, and it was a home game. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so Kim Jones from the NFL Network, you know, asks Coughlin, uh, "Who's going to start it?" Safety, you know, the safety spot opposite Landon Collins. And I don't even remember what the answer was. Let's say Cooper Taylor. He said Cooper Taylor is going to play, start and play the first quarter. And someone else is going to play the second quarter, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Bennett Jackson, something like that. Actually, it might have been Bennett Jackson that started because, uh, remember, he, that's the game he tore his knee. When yeah. They, when they put him back in in the fourth quarter when they were running out of guys. Because uh, Michael Thompson and... Uh, Justin Curry had already suffered season-ending injuries, so they decided to put the guy who started back in. So, um, so you know, Kim Jones asks, and he, you know, Coughlin gives an answer. He says, "Whoever is going to start at safety." So I was like, "Oh, he's going to answer questions like that." Let me ask him who's going to start at right guard: John Jerry or Jeff Schwartz. And uh, his answer just basically was a grumble. He was just like, uh, you'll see, you'll see when you show up. And <laughs> the fact that it came right after Kim's question, we all basically were just laughing that it was, it was so ridiculous. And uh, like that, that's sort of the, the, we all knew that that was the relationship that existed at that point, that it was just like, oh my God. All right. Guess that's how it's going. And uh, it was just a big, uh, it wasn't even a discernible answer. It was just a, you'll, you'll see when you show up. So yeah, that, that, that sort of epitomizes my NJM or NJ.com. Actually, when I started, it was called NJ.com officially was my employer. Uh, that, that sort of epitomizes what I remember most of, of my three years on the beat here. Cause really they stunk the first two years. They didn't have a meaningful December game. Uh, they were officially eliminated by December. And you know how hard that is to do in the NFL? That a quarter of the year, a quarter of the season, of a 16-game season, you're not even mathematically in the playoff race? That's kind of hard to do. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. It's not what you want there. Um, Jordan, let me ask you this, because I, I was wondering this, because I, I would imagine over the years you cover the team, you wrote hundreds and hundreds of stories, hundreds of blog posts and stories, some longer and bigger than others. But... Which one sticks out to you? I mean, to one, the one uh, of your, all yours that I've read over the years is obviously the re, kind of the research you did on Jerry Reese after the season last year with his draft picks and all that. I think that was uh, probably one of the ones that stands out to me. How, during your time with Yeah, the everyone company, loves that one. Because yeah, I, what's, I mean, what's the one for I felt, you? I felt like I had to go after, you know, I had to respond to Jerry on that one. Like that, I felt like I was backed into a corner where I didn't have any choice but to write that. So, But to me, I'll tell you – the. This is one that I remember, but for the wrong reasons. This is the, there's a couple of things that I, maybe like two or three that I regret. And the, the, this one was, 
and I think John Mara will, 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 should give me a pass on this, like he would understand, because after, it was after that Jacksonville loss a couple of years ago. They blew a big lead, and uh, they were well, – they finished, what, seven and nine? So right. they, were, they were, what, four and nine at that point, I think. I think they won their last three games of the season, or won three of their last four or something like that. So they blow the game, and I basically have a story written saying that, oh, they're still playing for Tom Coughlin because this was, Dece- was a December game, but they were completely out of it, the first week of December. They were officially eliminated. They were playing for nothing. I was like, oh, the, you know, Tom Coughlin, give him credit. They're still playing for him. He's still got them playing for him. And then they just collapsed and fell apart and lost in some ridiculous ways. They turned the ball over. They gave him a touchdown. Uh, Eli fumbled in, inside his own 10. Uh, then they, Larry Donnell, I think he fumbled. Did Donnell fumble or he bobbled or, you know, one of his like tripping, falling acts and the ball lands in the arms of, uh, what's the Oklahoma cornerback's name on Jacksonville? I forget his name. He's actually suspended, I believe, at the beginning of this year for uh, PEDs. But uh, Aaron Colvin. Aaron Colvin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he returns, uh, he had just come back. He returns it for a touchdown. Complete disaster. Disaster sauce. So I had this story written that they're still playing for him and it's ready to go. And all of a sudden things turn around. I had the story written in halftime. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, this team might finish three and 13, maybe even four and 12, you know, four and 12. May, this team's destined for like a four and 12 finish. Like this might be it for Tom because four and 12 would have been pretty bad. I don't know if he would have survived four and 12 last two years ago. So. In a matter of five minutes as they blow the game, I turn this, this story immediately after the game from they're still playing hard for Tom Coughlin to they have no choice but to move on from Tom Coughlin and basically fire him because this team is, is completely going to tank and they need to completely rebuild at this point. So, so obviously they end up winning three of their last four or whatever. They, they salvage something. I don't know what they actually salvaged. They, they actually probably messed up, and it probably would have been better if they finished four and twelve and they got on with the moving forward process. But uh, yeah, so I wrote they should basically fire Coughlin, and I end up regretting that one as as it turned out to be later on. So to me, that's the one that I always remember. And John Mara, I think he will understand because after after the season, he admitted that after that Jacksonville game, he wanted to fire everybody in the organization. So, I took it one step less than John Merritt. I only wanted to fire one person in the organization. You know what? You regret. You probably regret that now, like you're saying. But I remember that game vividly too. I mean, that and that people I was watching the game with, like that was the feeling after the game. Like everyone's got to go after this. I mean, that loss was in that season. It was a bad season. They've had a lot of bad seasons lately. But that that was a bad one. So I I get it. I understand why you probably yeah. It was uh, terrible. Like yeah. Because if you thought they were going to finish four and twelve. You know, you couldn't keep Coughlin after four and twelve there, could you? Three straight years missing the playoffs, steady decline. It was eight and eight, seven and nine, and that was a bogus seven and nine because they, like I said, they went seven and three in their last in their last ten just to get the seven and nine. So eight and eight, seven and nine, and four and twelve. It, it, you know, that would have been okay. Let's blow it up mode. It would have had to be. Probably should have been. Right, it would have been like you said, and probably maybe it set them back a year. They didn't do that, but. Uh, they are where they are now, and uh, and this podcast is as well. And uh, Jordan, uh, uh, speak for myself, and I'm sure James as well. Appreciate 
uh, all the episodes we did together and working together here. And, uh, and James, good luck. you don't have any good stories, James? Come on. I was, I was going to say. got to pile on here. This is your opportunity, your, your last chance to bury me here. Yeah, tell well, us the worst of Jordan working give, with you. Yeah, give it the dirt, no. the dirt on me. There's no worst. What's this he going to do, leave the company now? Like, it's over. Yeah. Like, he can do it. One of the things that the one season we were together was, um, and Jordan will laugh about this, the Golden Corral trip after the, they lost oh, yeah. to the Redskins. All right, so uh, we're in Washington, which, as it turned out, was the beginning of the end for the Giants last year. They're – I, I'll never forget, you know, they were 5-5 five and five coming out of the bye week. Everybody thought they were going to win the division. Yeah, they win that game. They win the yeah, division. Yeah, they win the division. Everybody's feeling good. And they just were absolutely atrocious in Washington. Rainy day, Eli, Ruben Randall not fighting back for the ball in the end zone. Didn't they not even, like, they basically didn't show up until the fourth quarter, and then they yeah, almost like, won the game. And like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, Odell yeah. made some ridiculous touchdown catch. It was the same way. So it was Shocker. Jordan. Jordan, myself, and our columnist, Steve Politi. And Politi's driving the car back to New Jersey. And we get out of there, and we say, all right, we're going to stop to get dinner on the, on the way home. And we're just driving and driving. And we cannot find any place to eat. There was, like, no – it was all, like, gas station, convenience stores. You, you couldn't find an apple – I mean, anything. So – we end up going to a Golden Corral in a gas station somewhere in Maryland, right? Maryland? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like uh, past the somewhere between Baltimore and Delaware, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So Jordan's middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, middle of nowhere. Big like truck stop gas station. Uh, <laughs> Jordan's in his suit. We walk into this Golden Corral at like uh, ten o'clock at night. And, it's, like, uh, it's like walking into a truck stop in a yeah. seat, by the way. <laughs> and, like, we had no idea. Like, none of us had ever gone to a Golden Corral. And the people that worked there were like, they couldn't believe that we had never been to the greatness that is a Golden Corral. And they, thought was, I was, they thought I was an alien. Me and my Yeah, it, so, <laughs> you know, they were telling us how great their desserts are. And it was like a cupcake that you can buy at ShopRite. I mean, it was just, it sounded I did, a lot funnier. I funny did a lot of dessert. They had, they had a fondue. Yeah. That reminds pot, like, me, I uh, I lived in that area for about a year and a half, and my wife's a teacher, and like we never went to the. Go- There's a bunch of Golden Corrals there. We never went to one to eat, but like all her students would go oh, to the Golden man. Corral, and they like would tell her like how how could you not go to the Golden Corral? And now it's I understand like the Red why. Lobster of buffets. <laughs> yeah. That's what it sounds like. The That's best part is. was they had a big like uh, a sign that said you could have private parties at the Golden Corral at the truck stop. That must be what they should have had my going away party there. So, um, no, it was a lot of good stuff. I mean, that that week one Dallas game was, I remember like it was my first first game week, you know, real game on the beat, and like you know the whole world caved in. Um, Yeah, that was a disaster. That was a disaster. Uh, Like everything about like New York sports and the Giants, it just kind of rolled into one. what other else was there? Let um, me tell. Let me tell that story while we're on that. that. That's one of the more interesting stories of being on the beat. Yeah, was the uh, Rashad Jennings story of like how he mumbled under his breath as he walked away after talking to the media. I can't believe, or you know, in front of me and, and Dan Graziano from ESPN, he's can't believe they told me not to score, and then just walked away. And I was like, what? 
you, you told me about this. And I was like, what? I, what? Yeah, when I when I got back upstairs, I was like, I don't even know what to do with this at this point. This was late at night because they played the Sunday night Sunday night game. Yeah, Sunday night. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this because a, I didn't even understand it. I was like, did they, they really try not to score because nobody at that point even knew that. It wasn't even that easy to, you know, it wasn't like you could watch it and be like, oh, they definitely tried not to score. And I was just like, what the heck is he talking about? And then the next day I had to call him up and be like, hey, I'm just making sure I got this right because I, I went back and looked at it and this is what other people are saying is that they told you not to score there. And uh, yeah, that was, that was certainly one of the more interesting things I've ever seen. And like I said, as I'm getting on the plane, I'm talking to Rashad Jennings about, uh, hey, I just want to clarify what happened here. When did they tell you not to score? You know, this is what happened, X, X, and X. And as I'm on the plane, I'm, I'm writing that story. And, and I actually published the story from the plane, from, you know, however many feet you are in the air, which was uh, an interesting one. We had a good time in New Orleans, though, James. We did. We, we did. We did. Can't probably go into too much on this podcast. It's family friendly. But we did have a good time. <laughs> and uh, then Drew Brees threw seven touchdown passes. Yeah. All I know is my, I woke up and my, next morning my phone was cracked. Don't know how it happened, but my phone was definitely cracked. That sounds like New Orleans right there. You don't know how yeah. it happened, but it did. Yeah, pretty much. That that was that, that sums up New Orleans pretty well. I remember. I remember Tampa when JPP came back. Jordan was. Um, you were playing golf, right? I think. Yes. Yeah. So I was gonna hand like so we knew JPP was gonna make the trip be activated, and like the Giants like plane didn't take off. So I was sitting in a hotel room for like four hours waiting for them to say before I could go out to, di- to eat because I hadn't eaten all day. I remember that was kind of a miserable experience, but that was more of a me thing than a, a team thing. But uh, no, it was, it was a lot of good times. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed working with Jordan. Sad to see him go, but uh, you know he'll be on to bigger and better things that you'll learn about soon enough. And uh, there'll be a new guy here who will be named later. So. Yes, we will continue um, with the Giants coverage, obviously, and, and, and with Talk is Cheap, and we'll be back soon with that, and we'll let you know who, uh, who our new uh, third member of this podcast will be. But Jordan, good luck, and, uh, and we had a good time on this podcast, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, guys. And you know what? Everyone out there, you'll be in good hands, James and, and uh, whoever is replacing me. We'll keep up the tradition. Uh, you know, this is, we're on a pretty good line, a pretty good lineage here of Quality Star Ledger, NJ.com, NJAM beat writers. So they have a, a lot to live up to, and, and I'm sure they will. They're, uh, they're good people, and they're good at what they do. So keep it up, man. Yeah, this company's kind of been a pipeline for, uh, for some really good people, especially on this beat. So we'll keep it up. And Jordan, uh, good luck. And obviously, thank you for being part of the podcast. And thank you for listening to episode 56 of Talk is Cheap, the farewell podcast. Uh, with Jordan uh, with NJ Advanced Media. We'll be back soon, uh, myself, James, and, and we'll add a third member to this crew before so long. Don't forget, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you want to listen, you can listen and be part of Talk is Cheap right here on, on NJ.com. Thanks for listening.